And I'm Jeff. And this is The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. Hey, Jeff, did you know that the Supreme Court has their own basketball court? Wait, so it's the Supreme Court court? No, no, it's actually a better, better name. They actually have a oh, name for it. Oh, it's better than Supreme Court court because Supreme yes. Court court's pretty good. It is pretty good. The, you could possibly court somebody on the Supreme Court court. I, I don't know where okay, I was going yeah, with that. No, I get what you're saying. So, no, no, it's an awesome name. What is it? The highest court in the land. <laughs> yeah. That's, please, that's, can you, can you please insert some sort of like. I, I don't know what sound would be appropriate there, but there is a groan. There is a groan of how good and bad that, that pun that is. is. I know. I don't know. I, 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 we got to think of a good groaning sound. It was like I, I did crickets. a search for crickets. crickets would be the right. Yes. Uh, no, because you did smile. Crickets are like, oh, that's just terrible. Um, I, see, I, I always think that cricket, crickets with a joke is not an indication that the joke is bad as much as that the, the punchline kind of fell. And I think that's kind of what I happened suppose. here. Like, yeah, I, I smiled, but I'm not going to laugh out loud at the highest court in the land. That's pretty awesome. Still good, Come on. Though. It's corny as hell, but it's Honestly, kind of that, hilarious. That sounds like a joke that you get on the back of a Laffy Taffy wrapper. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So I just did a quick search for, like, funny facts, and that was the very first one. And what's funny is there is an entire article on- I in, bet. In Sports Illustrated about the court. I haven't read through all of it. I just, I, the I thought it was. highest court in land. Yes. Yes. Well, that is uh, one way to start the show. Hey, um, hey, we never said that they were amazing first facts. Just Just that they fact. were literally the first, the first thing that we talk about. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's, um, it's a thing. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I guess normally we somewhat transition into another thing, but I think we're just going to, hit the brakes on that and switch to a completely different topic immediately. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The Supreme I guess there's Court not much really... else to say. No, no. Uh, just, I you guess, know. Yeah. Highest court in the land, baby. Highest court in the land. Now, actually, I do have one more comment about that, and that's I really want to see Ruth Bader Ginsburg do a dunk. I think that yeah, would be. I was thinking the exact same thing. I want actually. that to be a GIF. Yeah. It's probably out there. <sighs> That'd be fun. You know, okay. knowing her, she could probably pull it off somehow probably a lot of ropes and cords and maybe one of those yeah. springboards she might break her hip in the process but eh, gentle yeah. enough anyway so, so what, are we, what are we talking about today Aaron? what's our what's on our agenda so we have a couple of things on our agenda um the first one and jeff and i started talking about this a little last night and then realized we should not talk about this last night because it would be good to talk about on the podcast yes is masks Lovely, wonderful masks, specifically masks for the coronavirus. Yeah. So I was I was strolling through Reddit a couple days ago and saw a post in the the Denver subreddit that said uh, Jared Polis, our governor, uh, has recommended wearing cloth face coverings anytime outside. And then I found out, no, it's actually the CDC has recommended this. Yeah. Yeah. And it Uh, came out. It was just a couple of days ago. And yeah, I think it was the third, actually, Friday. Yeah, it may have been. Um, and it was very much an about face from what the CDC and the who have been recommending specifically that people don't need to wear masks. And, um, it was interesting because, um, well, in your, your opinion before, like I'm opinions, the wrong word, but your stance before when we had our previous Corona podcast was that wearing masks is kind of unnecessary if you're not sick. 
and what so it's still kind of unnecessary. So there was a a great article I read on Ars Technica um, about same one, same one that we were talking about last time. Probably. Oh uh, no, a different one uh, on one. masks okay. Okay. specifically on masks that they came out with right after the CDC came out with their guideline, and there still isn't any evidence or science to back up that uh, healthy people wearing a mask actually does anything for them as far as preventing them from getting the disease. Um, It does help on some level for those that are sick from spreading the disease. Yeah. So so I think I just, we just wanted to kind of share our thoughts on this. Um, And mine was, I think wearing masks will do several things like, if you're perfectly healthy, you might think that having a mask on wouldn't help at all because, I mean, it's not going to prevent coronavirus from getting onto your hands and then to your face. But then I was thinking about it. If I'm walking through the store wearing a mask, I'm probably a lot less likely to touch my face. Well, so that, so that's, that's step one. Well, so it's interesting that you say that uh, because some studies have actually shown that people who wear masks have a better or have a higher chance of touching their face constantly adjusting the mask oh i hadn't thought of that. i was just thinking more along the lines of because there was something on my face i wouldn't touch my face but you're right, right. and it's not so it. right and it's not so much like you're consciously touching your face it's just you just you know like right now like if sure. i have an itch i just scratch it i don't think about it right um so that's one of the concerns um and then the other concern is um you know if you get something on your mask if you if you know, if the virus somehow gets on the outside of your mask, if you are not careful about taking the mask off, it's right next to your face. So it could very easily. Sure, sure. Although I, I don't know if this is true and this could be one of those misinformation things that I'm not supposed to spread. But I if I remember correctly, I don't think it, it adheres well to porous surfaces. Well, it's it it doesn't as far as I know. But at the same time, there's still. There's sure. still a lot of sure. unknowns about this I mean, virus. It's better safe than sorry. Um, but I think the main reason why masks are coming, uh, be starting to be recommended is the large proportion of the population who is, um, who who has coronavirus but is not showing any symptoms, right. and so they think they're perfectly fine, but they're not necessarily. Right. And so, and I think that's kind of where the underlying idea is not so much that this is going to protect healthy people, but it's going to help. It's going to cover, spread it's gonna cover your ass if you're not, if you are, but you don't know it. Um, so my biggest concern with the masks is it's going to give people a false sense of security and that especially the, you know, the healthy people thinking, oh, I'm wearing a mask. So now I'm totally safe and fine. More like they're invulnerable. Right. Which is very, 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 very much not the case And that like a mask is not going to do a whole hell of a lot for any healthy person. Yeah. Um, now, and and I agree with that statement, but because I had enough time to think about this overnight, uh, I thought of a, it, it's also possible that it might have the opposite effect, which is essentially right now, if I see somebody wearing a mask, I, like I'm at the grocery store, right? And I, I see somebody with a mask and I think, you know what? I'll get those olives some other time. I, I'll go down the other aisle for right, now. Right. Like I avoid these people. Well, so that's a double-edged sword. Right now you see somebody wearing a mask and you're avoiding them. If everybody's wearing a mask. Then everyone's avoiding everyone and it's perfect. Or or everybody's like, well, everybody's wearing a mask. Let's, you yeah, know. We so, get desensitized to yeah, it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I understand why the guideline has started. It makes sense from the standpoint of there are a lot of infected people who are seemingly fine 
Um, well, I think it also might do something else to make people more conscientious. Mm-hmm. Basically, by wearing the mask, you're reminded, oh, that's right, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And maybe that will get people to be a little bit more considerate. But yeah. I can see your point where it's possible, hey, maybe I'm fine because I have a mask on. Everything's good. And I mean, with all that being said, I'm going to start wearing a mask if I'm out at the grocery store or whatnot. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not ignoring it and saying this is stupid. I'm just, I'm going to still just, follow the guideline a- and... Yeah, but you you're, know you're worried about a po- potential problem, right? Um, and it's more along the lines of just kind of people and people need to be educated and understand why we're wearing masks. And I don't know if that's really come across, especially with our current you know person in charge. Um, well, and I'll I'll say this for sure: anytime I saw somebody with a mask on, I didn't think, oh, they must be sick. I thought, oh, they must be overreacting, right? Or or thinking that this is going to keep them safe or or whatnot. Um, yeah, and, it's really weird. For some reason, whenever I saw somebody with a mask on, I didn't think that they were a sick person trying to help me out. I always thought that they were a healthy person being overcautious, which now that I'm thinking about what it. What I've thought, too. Yeah, it, it actually makes a little bit of sense that, that I would think it that way, because I think if you actually are legitimately sick and have you coronavirus, you're not about. leaving your house. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you are, then you're worse than the people who just uh, stored all yeah. of the masks. Well, it's kind of crazy. I actually have um, a friend up in Seattle. Um, he had coronavirus or still kind of has it. And he got hit hard. Oof, oof, like, oof. He ended up in the ER one night because um, he was having a really hard time breathing. Uh, it, he was fine. They did chest x-ray, checked his uh, O2 levels and everything, and it was fine. He just was coughing so much he just couldn't get in a good deep breath. Um, is, is this one of those viruses where you don't die because of corona, you die because you get pneumonia? Um, I think it can be both. I think some people will die of pneumonia, but also from my understanding, the virus does directly attack the lungs as well. Okay. Um, so, so like he actually has pneumonia now. Um, he's mostly over the virus. Um, and fortunately, if you're young, you're healthy, like pneumonia is not the end of the world. Like you'll get, usually you'll get through it, but if you're already compromised, you get pneumonia, like that can sure, be a big sure. deal. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, it's it's scary. And, you know, the thing is, is like he was sick. He was not leaving the house with or right. without a mask. Um, but I think yeah. they're like, you know, we hear a lot more about the people who are really sick, the ones that have the high fevers, the ones that are struggling breathing and whatnot. We don't hear a lot about the 80 some percent of the people who either have no symptoms or have maybe a dry cough. Although that being said, I saw a Reddit post a while back. Um, about a guy explaining his experience and he didn't show many symptoms and he was like, I don't know what everyone's so worried about. It's completely fine. Right. Just get it and Bill be. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is spreading such bad information. Well, and everybody has that. My experience is everybody's experience. Right. Like what I'm experiencing, everybody else is going to experience. And if they don't, then they're lying or blowing it out of proportion or whatnot. And- Minor soapbox time. That's what I think a large majority of the problems with the world is, is everyone assumes that what they're experiencing is what everyone else is experiencing. And very few people have the ability to, like, understand that their world is not even a small representation of the real world. Yeah. Well, as I always try and tell, like, my Facebook friends or even just, you know, my actual real friends, you know, it's so easy to get stuck in our own little bubble 
and think that we're an actual representative cross-section of society when we are so, 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 so not. If anything, we're probably le- – anyways. Yeah. Um, the uh, So, yeah, I think I'll probably try to wear a mask too despite the fact that I think I'll internally be screaming as I think I'll feel like an idiot wearing one. But, you know, I'd rather feel like an idiot than be horrendously right. sick. So, And I think it's, it is important for people to follow the guidelines in the sense that um, – that in the sense that if it is going to work, everybody does have to wear a mask. Yeah. If we go with the assumption, okay, everybody's actually sick. We're in this together. Let's actually just do these things. Right. As annoying as it may be, as stupid as it may look, as, you know, cynical as you may be, um, <laughs> it, it's not going to hurt necessarily as long as people continue to be diligent. Yeah, I can totally imagine, though, people being like, I'm not going to wear a mask. That's not stylish. Oh, oh, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. And uh, I, speak- I had a friend who refused to wear a bike helmet because it would mess up his hair. He, well, he's lucky. He got in a really bad accident. Does uh, he wear a helmet now? He wears a helmet now, <laughs> fortunately, but he's got some permanent scars on his face. Ooh, um, well, meh. Yeah. Are, are they the sexy kind of scars? Um, You don't really see him that much because he's oh, got okay, a beard. That's fine. But uh, but he he it was crazy. He was biking home from a bar, so he was not entirely sober, which didn't help. He doesn't remember what happened. He just remembers waking up in the ambulance. Ooh, yeah. And that's why in Colorado, you can get a DUI for riding a bike while drunk. Uh huh. And also technically a ticket for not wearing a helmet. Well, I mean, that's just true. I think in most states, this probably most states, but I could see some of the states Um, that will rename nameless. (laughs) <laughs> what I was going to say is, uh, so obviously, I don't know about you, but I don't own any masks because they were hoarded all. Oh, should, we should be mentioning, even though you probably already know this, listeners, uh, they don't recommend wearing medical masks because those should be saved for medical reasons. Right. So a lot of like cloth masks, homemade masks. Why not? My mom is actually making some masks. Um, that's kind of nice. Yeah. And, and that's great. Like she's making masks for a whole bunch of people. And I mean, it's an easy thing for her to do. And. It, it It's one of those, again, if people continue to wash their hands, maintain social distancing, all of that stuff, wearing a mask is just one other thing we can do. Yeah. And it's, if it, the worst that'll happen is it does nothing. It, well, or the, the world you described happens where everyone just assumes that they're immortal. Right. And that's where my, my concern is. Yeah. And maybe it's unfounded. Hopefully it's unfounded, but I just, I don't trust society, sadly. Yeah. I saw this kind of cool video of the Surgeon General making a mask out of a, a T-shirt yeah, using some rubber bands. Too. I was like, damn, that that's super easy. <laughs> Just fold up a T-shirt with some rubber bands and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so I want to quickly transition into a, a new gripe I have about iPhones. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You mentioned this. You're so, wrong. So, you know. You, well, OK, it's honestly, here's how I can tell you exactly how this conversation is going to go. I'm going to say, here's my gripe. You're going to say, well, that's Android's fault. And then I'm going to say, but we could all get together if we just, you know, collaborated on the code. And you're going to say something about security. That's exactly what this conversation is going to be. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued here. So a little bit of background. Uh, I'm an Android Microsoft user, not necessarily because I don't like Apple, but because that's just what I learned and that's what I'm comfortable with. Um, He's wrong. It's okay. Nobody's perfect. No, no, no. I, I just don't follow the cult of Apple. It's fine. Uh You just Um, follow the cult of everybody else. No, I explicitly don't follow any specific thing. You own a Samsung. Samsung has the biggest market share in smartphones. I own a Samsung because I own the best camera I can get. 
Mm, okay. Keep telling yourself that. And also, I did at one point think about going to Apple because it had a better camera, but then I realized doing so would be a nightmare for all, a whole bunch oh, of it would other be a, reasons. Yes, I, yeah. Like, that's uh, honestly, those- like, honestly, if suddenly Samsung or Google or whatnot came out with the greatest smartphone ever made in yeah. every conceivable way, like, I couldn't transfer, I couldn't switch to it because I have so much stuff in the Apple ecosystem. Yes. It would be... Not that Disastrous. it would be impossible, but it would be a combination of transferring all of my data, all my pictures, all that stuff. It would work. It would be a pain in the butt. It's all of the apps and having to yeah. repurchase yeah. everything. That would be a nightmare. Anyways, I vehemently think that I always follow um, uh, stats. No, what's the word? Spec- specifications far more than I follow brands. Yeah. The only reason I have a Samsung is because it had the best specs. Mm-hmm. Um, if If Nokia came out with the phone that had the best camera, I'd be getting a Nokia. Anyways, so the new complaint that I have is with the coronavirus going around, I've been a lot more uh, group chats. Uh, And one of the things that we already know is that if you have an Apple and you're sending to other Apple people, you get a specific color in your message. And if it's an Android person, if you're an Android person, it's a different color. I don't. We've had this conversation tons of times. I already told you that I don't like this weird coloring system. But the new thing that I found is that. Apple users have the ability to like messages or um, emphasize messages or like thumbs up messages, all that kind of stuff. The problem is if somebody does that in a group chat and an Android user is in there, the Android user gets a copy of the message with so-and-so liked and then copy of message. Okay, so, so this to me invalidates your previous argument about the coloring of the messages. So, so to back up a little bit, Apple, um, if you are texting between an iPhone and an iPhone, uh, Apple uses a protocol called iMessage, which does not rely on SMS or normal text messaging. And when you are texting, if it's between an iPhone and an iPhone or via iMessage, it shows up as blue. If you're texting between somebody that's just using regular SMS text, it has nothing to do with Android. It's just regular text message. It shows up as green. So... If it's blue, you know, okay, this supports my ability to like or laugh or do all this stuff. If it's green, I can't do that. The problem is, is people still do it because they're stupid. So for me, the fact that Apple distinguishes the the messaging gives you the obvious uh, clue of like, oh, I can do these special things that I can't normally do if it's a green message. I didn't think that this conversation would actually refute that previous conversation we've had, but I kind of agree uh, that being able to indicate, hey, there's an Android user in here, don't do the weird Mac things that we can do, would be nice if people actually followed that. Right. And usually, in my experience, most people do. The problem that tends to happen is if you are texting with a group of people that all have iPhones and then somebody is added that has an Android um, or, I mean, really, Android's the only other option. I'm just going to say this. I don't think anybody adheres to any sort of convention. I think they just see the little like button and they're like, yeah, cool. I'll like that message. I think, well, so the thing is, is the like button doesn't, you actually have to. um, That's something that you have to do. Yeah. See, I'm speaking from the other side where I only ever get the weird spam messages about it. So So basically, so if you get a text message from somebody, um, you can press on the bubble of the text message. And you'll get different options, but you actually have to press oh, on the bubble. It's an active thing. Yeah. See, I was thinking it was passive because I know in like uh, Teams or uh, Slack, 
you have the option to do that as well. Right. It's just kind of like sitting right there. Yeah. 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 No, this is an active thing. You know what? I'll I'll take it back. Also. Yeah. So I think this is the first argument we've ever had about iPhone, Android, whatnot, that has come to an actual like, okay, I. Well, I still think it would be really wonderful if um, all of the features that I just wish features were not platform exclusive it would be really nice i mean the problem so the problem is twofold one um the sms protocol sucks and it hasn't changed in forever like i think it's um the other is you know apple had talked about opening iMessage to uh or no i don't think they ever talked about iMessage they talked about uh facetime opening it up to android but I don't think they ever talked about opening iMessage protocol to Android. Um, it would be awesome if they did. I think the problem would be it would still have to be implemented and some companies might not implement it because they want to try their own system. Yeah, um, to be fair, I, I should mention I'm not using Samsung's messaging app. I'm using Google's messaging app. Right. Uh, and I, I looked into this because it was annoying me so much. Um, apparently, Google is working on a version that will appropriately incorporate those, right. those and, changes. Well, and there, there, there's been a number of proposed um, uh, new versions of SMS. Um, Good. Uh, but what's happening is... Also, I should mention that these aren't MS... S, what is SMS. it? SMS messages. These are MMS because they're group chats. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's how Android it, yeah. handles group chats is they it's do it MMS. through multimedia messages. Yeah. It's, it, it's still, the MMS is not a great protocol either. Um, it's still, Anyways. it's just like a hack of the SMS system. Anyways. Um, yeah, this conversation got a bit too niche too quickly. So, yeah. uh, moving on. Well, hold on. Wait, really, 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 really quick. I want to finish my thought. Oh, okay. Um, finish it up. That, so the new potential replacements for SMS, they all need support of the different carriers. And of course, all the carriers aren't like, well, I want this one or I want this one. And then Google jumped in with their own system that they're trying to now push. So it's like typical. It's it's literally the XKCD comic where yes. it's like, man, there's too many standards. Let's make one standard to standardize the standards. Now there's now, an additional standard. Exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, um, let's move on to the Iron Giant. Yeah, so, whoa, I think I clipped a bit there. Sorry about that. Got a little bit excited. Apparently, I must have liked the movie. Um, Yeah, at the end of... I actually don't know how you resolved this at the end of our last podcast. Oh, did you not listen to it? I did a... I I thought I did Yes, I totally listened to our podcast. you need to listen to the end of the podcast because I did a pretty awesome seamless edit into it, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, like... Well, now it's been revealed. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, like, it's actually... So, the, the outro music started playing as we were talking and then immediately the outro music faded down. I came back in and then I had the outro music fade right back to where I had first. Nice. It was, it, nice. It was I was very proud of myself. Dang it. I wish I had, cause I wouldn't have embarrassed myself. Yeah. Anyway, well, you should listen to it next time. Anyways, at the end of the podcast, we mentioned that we were going to do another movie review. Review is the wrong word. Movie discussion. discussion yeah. Uh, and the movie we chose was the iron giant. Uh, reason this was chosen is uh, I've heard a lot of people claim it's a classic child's movie. Child's movie, wrong. Kids children's, movie, kids movie. Children's kids movie. movie yeah. Family movie. Um, and I had never seen it. Found out Aaron's never seen it. So I figured, well, let's watch it and see if it lives up to any sort of hype that we have. Yeah. And real quick, verdict is, eh, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. So, um, so the reason I wanted to watch it, beyond the fact that it's been out for almost 20. No, it's been out for 21 years. It came out in 99. Fun fact about that. It came out August 6th, 
1999, which is uh, my birthday. Really? I hmm. thought it came out in July. Uh, I'm pretty sure it says August 6th, U.S. release on the Wikipedia page. In theaters, I, July 1st, 1999. Uh, keep going. That's that's on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's look at Wiki. Right, because it was released in a different demographic. Mm. But in U.S., it was in August I see. 6th. Anyways, regardless. Um, so the reason I wanted to watch it beyond the fact that I, it's been on my to watch list for a long time and I've heard good things about it. Um, Brad Bird directed it and Brad Bird is known for the Incredibles. Um, the Pixar movies, the Incredibles. And he also um, directed one of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, but the Iron Giant was actually his first um, big screen directing. So I thought it'd be kind of neat, neat to just, See some, see, see some original, not originals, uh, his roots. Like, roots. And so it was, it, what's, what I found really interesting about it was, um, it definitely, um, adhered to some of the themes he had in the two Incredibles movies. So, um, the Iron Giant takes place in 1957, uh, shortly after Sputnik is launched. So the Cold War is kind of in full bloom and all of that fun stuff. And there's definitely a 1950s aesthetic to the movie. And if you watch The Incredibles, you never know what year they take place in. But there's definitely this kind of retro 1950s aesthetic to The Incredibles. Yeah, it's it's a weird. It's like a modern retro. Cause right. Uh, it definitely has some retro themes, but also technology that would not have existed back then. Yeah. And then there's also the... Um, just his general theme of like superheroes and um, which actually leads to me to one of the points I wanted to make. I was extremely surprised to see that they actually lifted a exact copy of an action comics. Do, do, do you want to know why? Uh, one thing I let me finish what I was going to say. It's actually issue uh, 188 of action comics. Like mm-hmm. that is the actual yes. Tight, you, uh, cover. Yeah. Yes. Now, now explain why um, Warner brothers owns DC or has a contract with DC to make any um, DC movie. Even Warner, back in 99? Yep. Okay. And That's kind of what I thought, but yeah, I didn't And Warner Brothers made or was the, the, the studio for the Iron Giant. So that's how they were able to do that. That makes um, sense. It still was very unnerving seeing that. Oh, Because it was like, because it looked too real. And huh. so it was, which is funny because it's a cartoon. The Like the TV show is a cartoon. The movie's a cartoon. Movie's a cartoon. Yeah. And the cover is also a cartoon because it's comic. But for some reason, because it was the exact style and everything, it looked real in the place. It, it Interesting. Just... I, you know, it's funny. Like, I saw that, but it didn't. Maybe it's just because I knew it was Warner Brothers. So it didn't, like, make me go, oh, holy crap. Um, no, I saw that immediately and was like, OK, pause, do some quick research. Oh, that's funny. Um, so one of the things I, th- I I think why the movie didn't necessarily move us in any you know significant way is that we're jaded bastards i mean yeah but um (laughs) beyond that so the movie came out in 99 there was not a lot of kind of deep or adult themed animated movies at that point yes um so when did toy story come out 95 95 okay so really it was honestly it wasn't until pixar started making their movies that animated movies started being respected in any manner beyond just kids movies. 
Yeah, this definitely has a hard kid movie and not family movie feel. Right. Well, and and so I think um, there are definitely some certain kind of uh, adult esque themes of xenophobia and fear of um, atomic uh, uh, atomic holocaust, whatever. uh, And giant robots. Thank you. And giant robots, which obviously, I mean, you look at the Toy Story movies; they're all toys. But there's a lot of, you know, more adult themes to them. Yeah. And so I also think, um, you know, Toy Story again came out in 95. So there was a lot of push into the uh, the CGI realm of animated movies. Yeah, there was definitely that era of extremely horrible CGI movies yes. that just like were haunting. Right. But right. yeah. And this skewed that and was a regular hand-drawn movie. Um, so I think think there like when it for, when it came out in 99 i think the reason it it got such rave reviews and is seen as a bit of a classic was because of um when it came out and kind of you know it was an old school hand drawn 2d movie it had um you know a lot of kind of spielberg vibes and whatnot to it but it also incorporated some themes that adults could pick up that kids may not and whatnot. Sure, so sure. Um, uh, that being said, it doesn't look like it was a very big success financially. No, it really wasn't. It wasn't. It, was, it looks like its budget was 50 million, but it only made 31. So, right. Oof. So kind of like it became like a cult classic essentially. Right. Um, right. Which is the reason why we wanted to watch it in the first place. Cause I wanted to see if it stood up to that classicness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I did thought too. it was, um, I really, I, I, I thought the animation was wonderful. Um, I did. I thought the animation was good. In fact, the the opening scene of Sputnik, it took me a while to realize. I knew the show was an animation, mm-hmm. but that opening scene took me a while to realize that that wasn't like live action. Right. I was like, right. that's really good animation. Yeah. Um. I will say, uh. So I have I have notes because I always take notes for these things, and I have five notes written down. Uh. One of them was 1957. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I wrote that down. Just it's true. Well, it's um, just probably because. Maybe you were thinking, why did it come out? Or why did they set it in 1957? Yeah, which eventually became very obvious because of the whole Cold War thing. Right. Uh, I have the action comics thing. I have another one that's related to that, which is the Twinkie ad. Did you see, did you notice the, uh, the product placement of Twinkies? Like they, he literally, when he goes to get some snacks in the move, beginning of the movie, uh, he opens his cupboard and there's a box of Twinkies. Oh, was there really? I did not yeah. notice that. And that was another one of those immersion breaking things because again, the box of Twinkies was... Uh, uh, drawn correctly and so it was like, like this is like a real completely world completely pulled you out of it yeah it's like this is a real world object in this fantasy movie um, I thought that was pretty funny. strange uh, and then uh, oh, also the kid's name is Hogarth which is yeah. not a name that's not no one is called Hogarth except for in maybe like a comic book about the Stone Age um, yeah that the, yeah it's yeah, I think Hogarth is more of a last name than a first name I wouldn't even say it's that his last but, name was Hughes, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then the last note I have is this kid exemplifies why I find kids annoying. Yeah, he was terrible. I He that, was an extremely irritating character. He was, which I found really kind of surprising. I thought he was going to be super endearing and stuff, but no, he was just- He was obnoxious. Off the wall. And like kind of mean. A little in some bit. Ways. Like, like, not he, like he didn't do anything bad or mean, but he definitely had this kind of. Um, but what's interesting about it is as much as I hated the character, I think it's probably the one of the more true representations of a kid in a movie. 
Yeah. Like most of the times you always watch movies and the kids are like these way smarter and wiser than their age people. Right. And he was, and this very was just much a kid. Not, yeah. 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 Which True. I was like, I, I don't know if I hate this or love this. Right. Which is, I mean, it was, I mean, he got better, I guess, as sort the movie of, went but not on. Really. But he was still like, was just kind of obnoxious. And, he was very obnoxious. You know, and, and even so, for those, I mean, we should probably give a quick recap of the movie <laughs> now that we're halfway oh, through yeah, talking about um, it. So basically, the movie takes place in 1957, shortly after Sputnik uh, launches, so during the Cold War. Uh, the movie starts with a meteor from space, lands in the ocean, a big iron giant robot comes out of it. Uh, said iron giant uh, makes his way to a town in Maine. Befriends and, a kid. Yeah, befriends a kid. The government army comes then, involved and, yeah, you know, classic story of giant creature right. is terrifying, but not actually terrifying, but is actually terrifying. But, you know, right, it's actually it's right. It's actually, you know, has a good heart, yada, yada, yada. So be- only because the kid taught him the way to be. Anyways. But, well, what's interesting is not as much in this movie necessarily. He, the Iron Giant, it was his, so that one of the themes in the movies is, um, which I actually was somewhat surprised by. Uh, so there's one scene where Hogarth is with the Iron mm-hmm. Giant and they're kind of walking through the forest and Hogarth is trying to teach the Iron Giant about things. And they see a deer, and um, then a couple minutes later, they hear a gunshot, and some hunters had killed the deer. And uh, Hogarth tells the Iron Giant, oh, my God, guns are really bad, which I found interesting because earlier in the movie, Hogarth is running around with a BB gun. Which gets crushed immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was actually kind of surprising, I think, that all of a sudden it went into this guns is bad theme because it, it well and then it also merged from that theme into you don't have to be a gun right and so iron giant has all these apparently defense mechanisms we never learn where he came from or anything like that which if, i think is fine yeah i, don't I think, think it's we fine need too. to know if um, i had to guess he's probably some sort of alien super weapon but you know gets conked in the head forgets that fact gets taught by the kid to love instead of hate and then all of a sudden you know yeah. but. well but so the thing is, is i don't feel like hogarth ever really taught him to love so much you know, he he talked about uh, superheroes and villains and whatnot, and the Iron Giant chose. chose. He wanted, That's actually a very interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So there, at one point, uh, Hogarth and the Iron Giant are playing, you know, aliens and- I think it would be more apt to say like, like superheroes and super, and super villains or whatnot. And the Iron Giant was one of the villains. And then at one point, um, he- ta- He chooses to not He be. wants to be Superman. And- um, so I thought that that was that it was less that Hogarth was teaching him not to be bad and more that um, the Iron Giant already had this in him. And then, you Which, know, near the end when the Iron Giant. So the army comes after the Iron Giant, obviously, and the Iron Giant tries to defend itself. And he suddenly becomes like very much a weapon, like his whole body changes into like this giant weapon. And he's running around. um not actively, you know, hurting or killing people, but trying to protect himself and attacking the army. And then at one point he realizes, I don't want to be a weapon. And he specifically says, like, guns are bad or no guns or something like that. And he reverts back to his more cutie iron giant self. Yeah. 
honestly, the main reason I wanted to watch this movie, and this will be my final remark on it, is because the Iron Giant is heavily featured in Ready Player One, and I wanted mm, to get some respect for that. Indeed. I don't know if that he, I don't think he was in the book. I can't remember. Yeah, he was. Was he Iron I'm Giant? I'm fairly certain uh, that Artemis's, uh, like, mech was the Iron Giant. That's what he, oh, she was working on. Oh, yeah, you're on. right. You're right. That's right. That's totally right. <laughs> so I just... Uh, no, not, Ar- not Artemis. Uh, what's um, not the main Ar- character's... Yeah, um, the... Um, M? No, E? No. It's a letter? The... Um, ek. Ek? Ak? The, I have ek. no idea. The, the, one, the, the, the main the, protagonist's best friend. The, who lives in the van who's actually a female. Yes. Right? Well, yeah. spoilers, but yeah. Um. Anyways, I just was flipping through the the movie briefly. I came to the Twinkies scene, and there's also a box of Wonder Bread next to it. Yes. Yeah. Both both of those things next to each other is like, I don't know what it is, but when I'm watching a cartoon specifically, if I see a real world object in the cartoon, it just, just pulls me out. Pulls you out. That's kind of funny. Even though even though it's set in our real world, so those things would exist. It just it pulls me right out of it. That's funny. Um, Okay, hey, do you want to do a, a quick round of, of WikiHow? Yeah, I think we, we can do one, one quick WikiHow. Uh, okay, so in case you don't know what this game is, um, I have gone to... There's a way you can randomly uh, stumble... No, what's the best word? You can randomize a WikiHow article. And WikiHow is basically a archive of tons of different step-by-step things uh, to solve certain problems. The reason WikiHow is interesting is most of these problems are either excessively specific, unnecessary, or just weird. Or, um, or like it's a really simple task. Yeah, and that's the other one. And it goes into so much absurd detail. I think there was one on how to make toast. Yeah, and it was like, like oh my, it was like twenty steps. And it's like how? <laughs> and you're so, reading through all the steps. You're like, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Like you got to pull the bread out of the refrigerator and open the bag that it's in and and i guess you got to do all these things but jesus <laughs> you should be self explained yeah. uh and so i decided to make a game out of it where i would go to a random article uh i would read the steps and have aaron try to figure out what in the world are we trying to do yes okay so i pulled up this one step 1 cut apart a soda can and to get a flat sheet okay that is step 1 cut it, any okay. guess so like cut it in half it looks like it's cutting it kind of like around the cylinder and then you flatten the cylinder out to make a rectangle. Uh, so, hey, re- re- really quick before we go there, uh, I just wanted to to double check the toast thing real quick. There are six methods of how to create toast. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love Anyways, this website. This website is so good. I know. It's hilarious. Okay. So, basically, step one, cut apart a soda can to get a flat sheet. Okay. okay. Cut a rectangle out of the sheet. Any Isn't guesses the so far? Sheet kind of already a rectangle. Uh, I think it's more just like uh, clean it up, make sure it's a rectangle. Okay. In, in the picture, uh, which that's the other thing that these wiki articles always contain is these wonderful um, artist renditions of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a three by four rectangle. Okay. Anyways, okay. Cut the rectangle out of the sheet. Okay. Next, twist the rectangle into a cone. Twist. Oh, we now have a cone of metal. Okay. I'm going to cut down the flap. I'm going to ignore those ones. I'm going to try to find another step that helps us. Uh, th- then the next step is make tape, tape the cone together. But okay. I mean, okay. So we're basically, we've got like, a, it's a, yeah, we just have a cone. A like cone a, of metal. Okay. Okay. Get a candle lighter. 
Are we making it like a Bunsen burner here? No, but you are correct. We are making something, which is well, important. obviously we're making something. That's not always the case. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, okay, place the cone alongside the lighter. Okay. Tape the two together. Are we making like a little bottle rocket? No, not entirely, but we now have the cone taped to the lighting end of one of those like clicker fire lighters. Yeah, yeah, the one, the big long ones, not like a, what do you call those? A... Not like a, a Zippo lighter. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. okay, okay. So this is the step where you probably will figure it out by now. Okay. Uh, insert hot glue into the cone. Insert hot glue into the cone? With the lighter taped to it? Yeah, so again, cone on top, taped to the barrel of the lighter, and now we've inserted hot glue into the to the cone. I have no idea where we're going right now. Hold I'm... light okay. Hold lighter parallel to the table. Uh-huh. Ignite the lighter to heat up the glue. I'm so confused. Like I'm trying to picture this in my head right now. Okay, so let me let me let me see if I can get the picture. We've got the cone. Like we got yes. a cone. We got and a then cone. Is the lighter taped like this? To the outside of the cone. Okay. Where is the lighter? Remember, you can't say this. We are in audio format. Yes, I know that. Um, okay, so we have so you the you have the so cone, it, you have the it's lighter. Arranged, it's arranged in such a way that the tip of the lighter where the flame comes out mm-hmm. will uh engulf the tip of the cone. Got to heat it. it up okay. where you put the glue in. Okay. What kind of a thing that you could make that would be designed to heat up glue? Specifically a glue stick. I mean, are we making specifically our own a, glue gun somehow? Ding, 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 ding. We've got it. This is the article for how to make a glue gun. Even though we have a glue gun already? Well, I'm assuming you don't have one for this particular project. So, but where did... Are you... Okay. All right. So, Okay. <laughs> So basically, you are like, well, crap, I don't have a glue gun, but I just happen to have glue sticks here. Let yes. me make my own I glue have gun. the glue sticks, but I don't have the gun for some reason. That is really... And rather than just buying it off of Amazon or going to your local... Uh, oh, hardware store or whatever. Hardware store or what's the one grocery, like, craft store? Joanne Fabrics, I oh, think is uh, the one I was yeah, thinking Yeah, Joanne Fabric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is weird. That yeah, is, that, this is, that an is instance... a weird one. That's, this is an instance of one of the weird ones that probably doesn't need to exist. Yeah. Um, I, I want to do one more. Okay. Uh, I think we have the time for it. Uh, and this is an example of the other kind, which is um, basically there should not be a step-by-step. This is like the toast one. There, there does not need to be a step-by-step instructions for this. Oh, it hot melt. It he- oh, no, that's the, on the Wikipedia. I was looking up the, the, the hot glue gun on WikiHow and I can't find it. I mean, we're going to have to give the links out eventually, so because uh, we usually post those correct. Mm-hmm. There is a 13-step uh, a uh, procedure on how to use a glue gun on WikiHow. Of course there is. Well, and you probably have to go to that one after you've built the glue gun. Right. Oh, one of the steps is to plug the glue gun in. That's good. That's I guess good. that's kind of an important step. Anyways, oh, all right. I want to hear this okay, one. Okay, so here's this one. Measure your height to find the right gra- gown size. That's step one. Are we making our own hospital gown? No. Oh. Measure the height to find the right gown size. Okay. This one should give a lot away. Purchase a regalia set through your school for convenience. What? Through your a regalia set through your school 
For convenience. For convenience, okay. Alternatively, look into buying pre-used packages online for discounted rates. I'm not quite sure what packages we're trying to get here right now, but continue. Okay, step four. Uh, again, another one that should give a lot away. Uh, borrow a cap and gown from a friend oh who's my God. graduated. Are you making your own graduation gown? We're not making it. That's why this is a toast one. Are we just buying it? Are we telling the the school this is the gown I need? No, no, because this is all part of step, like the, the method, not method one, like the overarching step one, simply acquiring the gown. How to graduate. No, no. Oh. L- luckily, this one assumes you're already that part. Okay. 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 Now we're on to, uh, uh-oh, I've, I've lost it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I will, I will vamp. I'm not great at vamping. So, um, I currently have. Okay, okay. okay we're good. We're good. Okay, good. I didn't okay, have to vamp okay. too long. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, this is a really long one for some reason, and uh, it's broken up in such weird ways. Um, okay. Okay. So Next we're step. dealing with a graduation robe. Yes. And you've gotten to the part that you've realized that the first four things I was mentioning is acquiring the yes. robe. Yes. Yes. For you, I like go through your school for your convenience. Yes. You buy it through the school for your convenience or, you know, just borrow one from a friend. Yeah. I, you know. Okay. Slip the robe over your clothes and zip the front zipper. How to put it on? You've got it. How to put on a graduation gown. How to dress for graduation. Wow. That is amazing. I I love that they go through getting the gown first as if, wow. Now, like, I I just, I want to, I want to, I want to picture someone. Who's like, oh man, how do I how do I dress for graduation? Oh my god, what do I do? Going to the WikiHow article and being like, oh, of course, I need to get the gown first. Yeah, well, and I, I, we, we, we give this this uh, website a lot of shit, but it is useful. Oh, there it are just, absolutely useful things on there, but there is so it's all community driven. So really, anybody yeah, yeah. can put it up there. So there are just some bizarre things. And I mean, I bet you anything, if you Google search for uh, how to dress for graduation, this will be one of the top links. Um, And that's supported by the fact that this specific article, How to Dress for Graduation, has 15,000 views. 15,000. Wow. But by the way, making the glue gun had 27. 27 total. Hey, and uh, 27,776. I am now one of those. You are one of those. It's true. I'm I'm looking at it how, now. How actually. many how many does the toast one have? Oh, how many did the toast one have? That's a it's got to be in millions, right? Uh, let's see. I'll tell you in two seconds. Okay, well, now it's happened? my turn to vamp for a bit while you look for the web page. Um, and while I'm vamping, what I'm going to do is prepare for our final segment, which is our final word. But before I mention huh. our final word, we have to figure out what you're doing. And That's really weird. There is no statistics on this one. Okay. It was co-authored by the WikiHow staff. That's and interesting. And there's a video. Really? There's <laughs> a video for it. Are we sure this is not like a um, April Fool's one? I don't know. Tips. If you burn the toast, you can still fix it. Take the flat side of a butter knife and scrape off the burned crumbs. Be sure to do this over a trash can or sink, as this like, makes a mess. Life pro tips for Always everyone. Always clean the mess. 
Okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough <laughs> digging on on WikiHow. Okay. Um, All right, our final word. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Okay, so the final word that I have, I'm gonna have my phone say it because I don't know if I can. So let's pray that this will work. Mumpsimus. What? Let me try that again. Mumpsimus. Munsimus. Mumpsimus. Mumpsimus. M u m p s i m u s. Mump c mus. Mumpsimus. Mumpsimus. And I'll be honest. This is probably one of my new favorite words. I hate the sound of it, but I love the meaning. Does it have anything to do with the mumps? It does not. Well, maybe, but not Measles, really. Measles, mumps, and rubella, the MMR. No, has nothing, um, nothing to do with those. Does does it? Mumps and us. Mumps and us. So I just watched a movie called Bad Words. Um, it's about a spelling bee. Oh, okay. Uh, it's actually really, uh, a 40-year-old enters a spelling bee. It's kind of amusing. But one of the things is you're watching these kids trying to, figure out words and they will ask, you know, give me a definite or um, because it's spelling, obviously, but give me the definition. But one of the things they do is, is the root of it from this Greek word or this sure, Latin sure. word or whatnot. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't have a freaking clue what root this would be. I don't I am. I am so not smart enough for this. Um, I have no idea. You want me to just tell you? Yeah. Mumsimus, a traditional custom or notion adhered to, although shown to be unreasonable. A tradition or custom that is adhered to, even though it's shown to be unreasonable. I like that. Isn't that such a good definition for a thing? That is, and it's so apt right now, too. I, Yeah, in, in many ways. That's um, excellent. Because it's that one of those things like... a terrible word, though. <laughs> it's such a... Mumps of us. That's a, I want it to be something a little bit more uh, simple and, and pithic. Right, or, yeah, not just, it's just a weird sound, too. Yeah, but I do like the definition, a tradition that is unreasonable, but people are like, yeah, we're still going to follow it. Yeah, nice. Uh, All right. Cool. Good word, good word. Well, that was this week's podcast. Again, if you enjoyed it at all, uh, please share it with a friend. That's the only way that we're going to. <laughs> are you laughing at my at all? Yes, yes, I okay. am. Okay, that's the only way we're going to grow. Please do it. Uh... Yeah. Until right. next week. Uh, one one final thing. Ooh, a final the, final thing. Yes, the Renaissance humanist scholar Desiderius Erasmus of Rotterdam may have coined the word mumpsimus. If you're going to coin a word, why mumpsimus? Anyways, no, I don't know. But with that, we will leave you to your masks. Yes. Peace, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>